Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalanorkas. It was qualifying day at Formula One's 2020 Bahrain Grand Prix today, which is the topic of our latest Bite Size Podcast. Lewis Hamilton scored his 10th pole of the 2020 season as he dominated throughout to end up in first place ahead of Valtteri Bottas. The Finn had to overcome Max Verstappen on his last run in Q3, but although he did enough to seal a front row lockout for the Black Arrows, he was still surprised by his gap to Hamilton. Behind the top three, Alex Albon bounced back from his massive FP2 crash to take fourth on the grid. Carlos Sainz Jr. caused a red flag in Q2, while George Russell escaped Q1 for the ninth time this season, and Ferrari had another miserable qualifying in 2020, this time at a track where it could have won last season. So, joining me to discuss all of that and more is Autosports F1 reporter Luke Smith. Luke, how are you and how did you enjoy qualifying today? Doing good, thank you, Alex. Yeah, it was uh, quite an interesting session. It's sort of one of, the, we're into the dead rubber territory, I guess, in terms of the championship. But particularly in that midfield fight, there's so much to play for. And uh, yeah, it was quite interesting to see just the really fine margins from kind of like fourth backwards basically uh, but at the front again the unstoppable sort of Mercedes force that we've had this season Lewis Hamilton again on pole position and uh, just some huge gains they were able to make sort of through the final uh, stages of qualifying so yeah massively impressive display from them and uh, yeah another really interesting qualifying battle at the front uh, particularly between those two Mercedes cars. Definitely. Well, as you mentioned it, why don't we start with the the fight for for P3 and the constructors? Because it was quite, a, as you say, an interesting session for all the teams involved and really advantage Renault when you think about it, because Daniel Ricciardo qualifying quite far up. Uh, but Carlos Sainz Jr. Uh, for McLaren spinning uh, in at the start of Q2. All the cars have gone out on the medium tyre, which we'll get to uh, when we're talking about the race strategy later on. Uh, the, the, rear, the rear wheel was just seized up, something clearly breaking on the car, spinning him out, causing a red flag. So obviously, he's going to start 15th. But Lance Stroll doesn't make it 
get out of Q2 either for, for Racing Point, blamed a miscommunication uh, with the team. So that sort of, with, with both Renaults into the top 10, that gives them the advantage. Yeah, definitely. And I think that this fight for third in the constructors, so much of it is just on who can get two cars in the points on a regular basis. And I think McLaren, they've always said that they've never seen themselves as the third fastest team. But just because the other teams tend to be scoring with one car, that uh, they're able to get more into that fight and keep on particularly racing points coattails. So I think that today that kind of flipped around in Renault's favour, who obviously had such a big blow, only scoring, what, a couple of points in uh, Turkey. That really was a huge setback for them in terms of keeping up with Racing Point and McLaren. But now they've got a big chance to try and recoup some of those points and get back in the fight. As you say, uh, Daniel Ricciardo and Esteban Ocon did really well to get both Renaults up into Q3, uh, just two thousandths of a second between them in the end, which uh, maintains Daniel Ricciardo's 100% record against Ocon in the dry so far this season. Ocon's only been ahead once, and that was in the, the wet stereo qualifying. Uh, Ocon said afterwards that he thinks his teammate is a, a bit blessed when it comes to qualifying pace, which uh, I'm sure we all know by now Ricciardo is a very strong qualifier. But uh, yeah, I think Renault, they've got a really good chance tomorrow to get back in the fight and uh, get a good haul of points in because the setbacks that have been faced by McLaren, by Racing Point, it does kind of swing things a little bit. So uh, yeah, a really fascinating battle and I'm sure they're going to go into tomorrow's racing. It's a huge opportunity to make up some of the lost ground. Definitely, although Renault, I'm sure, will be very much hoping it doesn't have another double DNF as it did in the Bahrain uh, race last year. But yeah, look, let, let's come on to Mercedes. As, as you mentioned, it was uh, it was uh, it really was an interesting session, I thought, from their point of view, because of what they'd got up to yesterday when it came to, um, you know, they sort of sacrificed, they, in, in, in their words, but Valtteri Bottas called it a, a compromise in terms of they, 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 they've actually compromised their performance in qualifying in the race this weekend in order to get lots of understanding in on those prototype Pirelli rubber. And, and in fact, I was told um, by someone at Mercedes that they did the n- absolutely no setup work on Friday. So they had, they, you know, they, they, obviously they had an idea. They've been there before. They've been at Bahrain with the same tyres last year. So they probably knew how things work, although the tyres are sort of a step softer this year. But the, the, the key thing they learned was that the soft tyre isn't going to work in the race. So they knew they had to avoid that. And then you're basically back on the tyres that were the soft and the medium uh, last year in terms of the medium and, and the hard this weekend. So... Basically, Mercedes did some work overnight, had to implement that in uh, in FP3 and qualifying, and it and it seems to do it. Lewis Hamilton had been on top in the opening two practices on Friday, despite you know not doing any setup work. Max Verstappen though, he 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 hit back in FP3, was ahead, and we suddenly thought, oh, has has Mercedes hindered it, hindered itself with its uh, decision not to chase setup on Friday? But Hamilton, as I said, pretty much dominant all through Q1, Q2, and Q3. And in fact, it was Bottas that had to overcome uh, uh, Verstappen as it as it was. So, what did you make of Hamilton's performance today, Luke? I thought it was mighty. Again, as you say, it's sort of like consistent right the way through qualifying. He was just absolutely on it. And it was particularly his last lap when he was able to, I think, pull out a good sort of four tenths of a second on what his previous benchmark already was. I thought that was a a really, really mighty lap. And uh, we saw Bottas and Verstappen, they both made decent gains with their final efforts. Bottas was only uh, two and a half tenths off Hamilton in the end. So it was a a pretty close fight. But uh, it's just this, I guess it's just this extra sort of edge and extra knack that comes with being the all-time record holder for pole positions in F1 and the greatest qualifier F1 has ever seen. The Bottas was asked after the session, like, was there anything lacking or anything missing? And he was like, no, he couldn't really put his finger on where that deficit was to Lewis. Like, he ha- didn't feel he'd done anything wrong, particularly over his lap. And yet there's still this close to three-tenths of a second gap between them at the front. So I think that just speaks to the quality of, of Lewis Hamilton. Again, just like 
in a league of his own really up against the others in qualifying could end the season with 100 pole positions total which is uh, quite a remarkable feat and uh, yeah it'll require him taking pole at obviously each of the last two races but in this current level of form I don't think you would bet against him doing that to be honest no, no, definitely not. And it's interesting, he was asked about that in the uh, post-qualifying press conference. And he, he said, again, as he always does when it's something about statistics, he's like, oh, I haven't really looked at that. I haven't really thought about that. But I bet he has, when considering it's so close now that he's on he's on 98. Um, but yeah, Bottas, interesting, revealing in the same press conference that they've gone for two different setups for the race. Uh, well, for qualifying and the race, obviously, it's locked in ahead of qualifying. Um, so I wonder whether that perhaps, played, not played in his mind, but maybe he was thinking about that afterwards because he said that if he had had one more session, as in one more practice session to set things up, with the fact that Mercedes sacrificed yesterday to learn about the tyres, maybe he would have gone for something different. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the race. And speaking of the race, uh, Hamilton thinks that Red Bull has faster race pace because Mercedes, again, as a consequence of what it opted to do yesterday, didn't do any long running. And and, and that is backed up with the times that I put up on autosport.com yesterday in my, in my feature about what Mercedes did, what to do with the tyres. And it was interesting that yeah, they had, did do some long ones, but it was on the softs, which basically I don't think Mercedes is going to touch tomorrow. Like uh, Pirelli have come out and said that the the fastest two-stopper, because we think it is going to be a two-stop race, involves one stint on the, the mediums, so 21 laps, and then uh, and, and then two stints on the, uh, on the soft tyres for 18 laps each. But considering how badly those tyres degrade, half a second per lap, I really cannot see it being anything other than medium, medium hard. That, that would be consider, just considering how well they went last year. But that is what Pirelli have said is the quickest way for doing it. They said there's definitely not going to be any three stoppers because that would just involve spending too much time in the pit lane. But yeah, do you think, uh, do you think, Max, Verstappen, <clears throat> do you think Max Verstappen has a hope, Luke? I think on many occasions this season, we've seen Red Bull look pretty strong through the Friday trim. And then when it actually comes to, to the race itself, Mercedes is just able to find another gear and, and a step forward. So I think that, I think the fact that it's not, looking like it'll be a straightforward one-stop race. I think that does bode very well for Red Bull. That kind of does create these extra windows of opportunity to maybe make a bit of a, a difference and get a bit of a um, get a bit of a tyre delta and advantage another way and perhaps, uh, yeah, maybe go opposite to Mercedes in terms of what tyre they take on. So it just creates a bit of variation. So that's always good for Red Bull. But I think uh, I think a lot of it will depend on that start. Like if Max can get between the two Mercedes, much as he did at Imola uh, a few weeks back, I think that would be huge. But uh, yeah, I think the tyre situation, that's going to be really interesting. That's interesting that they Pirelli reckon the softs are usable for the race because as you say, like all of the drivers have been saying they're probably not going to go near them. A lot of the midfield teams who didn't make it through to Q3, they're actually quite happy by the fact that they've got two sets of hards left like Ferrari were like that puts us in really good shape because we could sort of do something a bit different so maybe it might even be two stints on the hards and one on the mediums I don't know but it's uh yeah it's very interesting to hear that the softs are sort of thought to be usable because I think the drivers have kind of thought that's not really how they're going to go so uh yeah we'll see about Verstappen I think that we've seen Red Bull definitely take steps closer towards Mercedes and uh, Toto Wolff he even said briefly today that on Mercedes calculations, Red Bull's actually meant to pass them in terms of pure performance uh, at Portimao. Like, he's surprised Mercedes is still the team to beat. So I think that we've definitely seen that gap, gap narrow, but realistically, I think it's going to take a pretty mighty display from Max Verstappen if he's uh, probably going to get in the hunt because I don't think we're quite close to the uh, 70th anniversary Grand Prix levels of uh, tyre concerns just yet. 
Yeah, I think I'd agree with that, Luke. And I do wonder whether Pirelli has sort of put that out to maybe just defend their product a little bit about the <laughs> about the soft tire. But uh, that would be that would be uh, their right to do so. Um, and it's interesting they are home for a barrage this weekend, considering the criticisms about the twenty twenty one tires that have been uh, levelled at them. And I don't think any of the drivers are very happy or would would like to see them come through. But we shall see what comes of that. I think there's a fair bit of politicking and manoeuvring going on in the background over what happens with that rubber. Um, but yeah, let, let's talk about another another excellent performance from George Russell because obviously. He he, he he was a little bit on the back foot, missing FP1 yesterday when Roy Nassani took over his Williams FW43. But again, nine times he's now made it out of Q1, just showing uh, just showing uh, what a real star he is in qualifying. What did you make of Russell today? Yeah, it's another belting display, and I think it's become. It's we talk about this pretty much every Saturday, don't we? About how well George Russell's performed. every Saturday. It's always it's in the great. podcast. And he, but he deserves all the credit. That's the thing. And to end a season, if it what you said, that's his ninth Q2 appearance this year. Yep, ninth. So he will end the season with more Q2 appearances than than not, which is brilliant. Like for a Williams driver, if you'd have said that to him 12 months ago, that's a, a pretty remarkable statistic and turnaround. So I think that not only speaks to how Williams have taken a step forward because they have and do deserve credit for that, but I mean, Nicholas Latifi doesn't have that record. It's been George, he's been leading them. He was close to a second clear of Latifi today in qualifying, which was uh, a pretty huge gap. So yeah, I think deserves massive credit. It was another belting lap and uh, it's, it's just... It's going to be really harsh, I think, if he does end the season with with zero points because he's uh, he's had a couple of chances, obviously, that were thrown away. Imola being the most glaring one, but particularly in qualifying, I mean, he's just proven time and time again how good he is, how consistent he is, and when it really comes to these sort of like high pressure moments and when you need to hook up that perfect lap in the dying moments of the session, he can just do it, and I think that really bodes well for the future and is uh, why it'll be so exciting when uh, hopefully one day we do get to see him in a top car and maybe having these fights where it's not about do I make it to Q2 or not, but do I get pole or not? Absolutely. Although I, it's interesting, I, I've been thinking about this. I wonder whether the Magello race was the bigger opportunity for him to get points. Like he didn't, he didn't. Williams insisted he didn't make a mistake at that final grid restart where he where he where he fell out of the points. But by that point, because of the red flags, everyone was on the same tires. I, if I'm right, I'm, I must admit I'm, it's quite late here in Bahrain, so I'm <laughs> going for that off the top of my head. But I think if he'd been able to hold position off the line, he'd have a better chance of holding on to it because at Imola, before he crashed under the safety car, Raikkonen and I think Vettel behind Raikkonen were on uh, fresher tires when. Russell was on the was on the aging one, so maybe it wouldn't have worked out anyway there. But but as you say, Luke, you know it's it's much of a muchness. Let's face it. So let's come on to our final topic for tonight. And again, this is another thing that we regularly talk, regularly have talked about on the Saturday podcast this year. It's another bad day for Ferrari. And again, it's a bit like Spa, where Charles Leclerc won and then was so far off the pace in Friday practice and then throughout the weekend. This is a race last year where he really should have won if it hadn't been for that. Uh, engine problem he would have won it comfortably and yet both ferrari cars dumped out in q2 and they didn't even get they didn't even get close there was a massive gap for everybody to aim at with sort of alex albon lando norris and sergio perez so far behind the top three they actually albon and norris actually went out on soft tires just to make sure they got through they didn't need to in the end because nobody really improved i think only uh, ricardo got in amongst them and the Ferraris were nowhere. All, all their times came in, uh, came in, didn't even trouble the top 10. There was no shuffling them out of the pack by other people improving. They were just straight off slower. So, yeah, what, what do you think the reaction is going to be uh, at the Scarlet team tonight? Yeah, I think massively disappointing because we've seen such a huge upswing, I think, from Ferrari. If you think back to how miserable Spa and Monsignor were, they've, they have turned a corner. Like They've really made a, a lot of steps forward with this sort of three-part uh, update package that they brought to the car. 
And I think that we kind of thought, okay, well, they're in the fight now. We're even talking about possibly could they get third place in the Constructors' Championship, which does seem very far off, and they've really downplayed that. But I think today really just proved, like, Ferrari is not... They've not turned a corner completely. Like They're not at the front of the midfield now. They are still very much in that midfield fight and actually towards the back of that sort of upper midfield fight, particularly this weekend. And they're very honest about that. Laura Mecki's the sporting director. He's he's in charge again this weekend with Matteo Bonotto, Faki Maranello once again. And he said that really this is kind of where they expected to be, that it's not a huge surprise and that the hope for the race is that they can kind of just latch onto the back of that runaway fight at the front of the midfield with Racing Point, Renault, McLaren, AlphaTauri. And that's really the best they can hope for. And Sebastian Vettel, he said they've got to be uh, sly as a fox, was the exact expression he used, which is a very British way to put it, I think, uh, Do with their time management and things like that if they want to get really into the points. And it's going to be, it is going to be a big challenge for them. Um, Charles Leclerc, especially, I think he's been struggling this weekend. And even Lauren Mackey said that he felt that Charles was sort of lacking some of his usual, usual confidence. Even when Vettel has struggled this year, you've kind of been able to count on Leclerc to still punch above his weight, still get into Q3 and maybe snare a few points. But he was even outqualified by Vettel this weekend. And that's been, again, one of the more lopsided qualifying battles this season. So quite interesting to see that as well. But maybe a bit of reality check for Ferrari, just sort of showing really where they are, that they've had a good run of races, but really they are back in this midfield fight as much as they may not like it. But on the flip side of that, uh, Lauren Mecki said we were sort of thinking at the last race in Turkey how miserable it was after qualifying, and yet they came away with, what, a third place and a fourth place. So obviously very challenging conditions that perhaps did open a door for Ferrari there. But still, I think they're going to hope to come away with at least a few points to show for tomorrow and, uh, yeah, maybe get into the thick of that midfield battle. Absolutely. I think they are going to have to be as cunning as a fox that has just been appointed Professor of Cunning, Oxford University. We know that Sebastian Vettel <laughs> is, a, is an, an Anglophile. I do hope he, yeah, he has checked out Blackadder because, honestly, it's one of my all-time favourite programmes. But enough of that ridiculousness. Luke That's also must- a, a very Stuart Codling-esque reference as well, I must say. I'm sure he would appreciate that. Oh, I hope so, considering well, I never get any of his. That, I, <laughs> I hope so, considering uh, I I never get any of his references. But uh, but there we go. Anyway, Luke, we must end it there. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast tonight, and thank you to everybody listening along. Now, just before we go, we'd like to remind you that the latest issue of Autosport magazine came out on Thursday and is available on the supermarket shelves and in newsagents, as well as on the doormats of subscribers. There will be a new issue of the magazine for you to pick up every Thursday, packed full of news, analysis, and the usual stunning photography. And of course, if you want unlimited access to Autosport from the comfort of your home, visit autosport.com slash plus to find out how to subscribe to our digital package. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Autosport Podcast. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Spring training is right around the corner. So come for the games and have a ball in Arizona. With world-class resorts, 
unbeatable dining and nightlife, amazing scenery, and endless outdoor adventure. Make your visit unforgettable. Plan your getaway at myspringtraining.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.